0: Greetings and welcome to episode 4 of Stats on Stats, a lit RPG show here on the Penultimate Conquest. Before we jump into the show, if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to give us a like and subscribe to help support us and see more great content, like our Marvel Mondays Initiative, the Penultimate Conquest podcast, and Anime Nation, which is hosted by the talented Ryan. Also, remember, if you have Amazon Prime... You have Twitch Prime, which means that gives you a free subscription. So, give us a sub. If you missed out on any of this week's content, check out our website, thepenultimateconquest.com, and check out our BODs and even see the schedule for the rest of the month, which is now updated. Today, we are joined by the guy I can always count on as a party member, and my best friend, Joel Harvey. Joel, how are we doing today? Hello. <laughs> I'm doing um,
1: fantastic,
0: Rich. It's good to How have you. How about you? you? I, uh, I'm, I'm doing. I'm doing wonderful. We're here with another fantastic episode today, and we are joined by a special guest, the author of one of my favorite series, Pangaea Online. Let's welcome the amazing S. L. Roland. How you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. Happy to be here. All right. So before we jump into today's topic, let's just get into some quick housekeeping. Um, if you missed out our newest episode of the Marvel Mondays initiative, they did talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series review, which it was uh, joined by guests Ethan Brannon and Vinny. Also, the schedule for the rest of the month has been updated, and you can see what amazing shows we have coming up, which for tomorrow we have, I believe, Give me one second. Uh, Tomorrow is the retro review for our Marvel Mondays initiative, where they will be talking about Iron Man. We also have the Mortal Kombat review on Tuesday, and then the Demon Slayer movie review on Anime Nation on Wednesday. So we got a pretty fun week packed out ahead of us. Also, the Penultimate merch store is finally up, and... Our channel host, Ruben, had some amazing artwork done by Mary-Kate Carney, so please go show her some love over on Instagram at mkrc.art. All right, so we're live with another episode of Stats on Stats, and today's special topic is the world of Pangea Online. Now, <laughs> you're probably wondering why I held up this book. Well, it's it's actually pretty cool. I got it signed by uh, Mr. Roland here. So, I I hold this thing dear to my heart cuz it was my first signed book and I just I love it so much. So, Mr. Roland, got a couple of questions for you. All right. <laughs> All right. As an author, what really inspired you into getting into the whole uh writing scene?
2: uh like nowadays or like as when i first started or
0: uh whatever you feel like uh answering
2: uh well uh so i guess my like my biggest influence on me like actually becoming a writer was probably uh reading the harry potter stories uh when i was in like high school uh i think there were like four or five of them out at the time and like I picked them up and, like, devoured them all in, like, three or four days. Uh, and that uh, devoured them all. I always, like, the way that I just got sucked into that world, that was, like, something that I've always, like, tried to capture in my own, own writing. Uh, uh, but nowadays, like, I, t- I take a lot of influence from uh, TV, movies, games, uh reading other books, I'll, I'll, if I find something that like really grips me, I'll go back through and like reread the chapter and like try to figure out how they did that.
0: Okay. So, um, all of the, uh, books that I've, uh, technically listened to, but read by you are, um, all lit RPG books. So what, uh, really got you into wanting to write in the lit RPG genre?
2: uh so i first heard about it with uh ready player one okay uh so you can definitely see a lot of influence of that in in pangea online in particular uh but that that was my introduction into the genre uh and then i went through and read uh dominion of blades uh the first of reading gate online book um apollo Thorns. uh Codename freedom that was a I really enjoyed that one
0: we haven't we haven't gone to that one yet but uh, we have been reading his uh, underworld series uh, I got part of the
2: way into that one uh still still chugging through on that one I was actually reading that when I started uh reading cradle and then just got sucked away uh but the uh, codename freedom if you like like action uh, and fight scenes like you'll definitely enjoy
0: that. I love a good uh like especially in-depth battles that's that's one thing i love in a lit rpg book uh joel i'm pretty sure i actually i don't even know if you feel the same way we talk way too much about like lit rpg stuff so and the mechanics (laughs) that go into it
1: i more enjoy the like abilities and skills and then like the world and the way that like the magic system works in the world like I can really get behind like some in depth mechanics uh, but a good action scene does not go amiss. Give me a second here so uh why don't we go over just the lit r p. g books that you've written so far and discuss uh Sort of. Just talk about like what we're gonna be discussing this episode. Uh, SL Roland, if you wanna take that away.
2: Uh yeah, so I have, well, I have two uh series and then I have a, a couple of standalones. Uh, so Pangia Online that was my, my, you know my first lit RPG book. Um, it's kind of a a multiverse uh setting multiple game worlds set in more of a dystopian society where like a lot of humanity is kind of because of war and and different things like society outside is not very inhabitable so they're kind of locked away and they all interface through uh pangea online uh and then i also have uh sinister troll which uh is basically there's this An online troll who has to play a troll is as a form of i just i just Uh, really love the premise of that book
0: it's so good uh,
2: and yeah he's more he's more of like a, a rager than like an actual troll um and so like one of his outbursts gets him in trouble with uh you know this new law that has gotten passed in this city and so they want to make an example out of someone and so he gets forced to play as a troll, which is like the most hated race on this little continent that the game is set on.
0: Um, it's so good though. And uh, as someone who is a, uh, um, a rager when it comes to games, I I really connect, <laughs> connected with him when no. I uh, <laughs> read the first book, which that's actually the first book I, um, I read by, by you. That's how I got into, um, like your little world. And then I saw uh, like it was one of the Friday posts, um, promotions in the lit RPG group on Facebook. And I was like, Oh, this looks really cool. And I read, I read the premise and I was like, well, Joel, guess what? And he goes, don't you dare. I was like, yep. Add another book to the backlog. And he goes, ah, I hate you. Cause we, we just have a huge backlog. Cause we try to stay on the same like pace of what we're listening to. And now that we've we're doing this show and like we're trying to come up with topics, if it's a series like we've listened to. Like months ago, it's like, oh, we have to go back and redo this real quick. We're glad we're not doing this weekly because we just couldn't <laughs> be able to handle it. Oh, yeah. The, the TBR pile is always growing. Oh, the backlog is the backlog. is. I don't know what's worse, my video game backlog or my book Backlog.
1: Probably at this point, my book backlog. Yeah, is I worse. think at this <laughs> point, my book. Backlog.
0: So, to kind of jump into um, today's big topic and everything, it's Pangea. We're gonna be mainly discussing uh, Pangea online. Now, earlier you said that your kind of inspiration and influence was Ready Player One. Yes. I can definitely see the elements in book one. But not through the entire series. Like I can tell that you like there was definitely some influence in um, Death and Axes, which is the first book. But once you get into um, book two and three, like I. Don't even see any elements other than the referring to the boxes, that's that's only the only element I really see but with how the way the actual world is in the real world, not the world of Pangea. I. Def you definitely created your own world and it looks it's so amazing how well it just I could visualize it. No, I'll definitely uh, agree with that. I think.
2: is, and then the idea of like. Uh, you know, a multiverse like game world interface are like the the big similarities that I pulled from that. And unfortunately, all of most of the one star reviews that I get is because of those two things and not because of everything I did differently. Mm -hmm. Uh, which after one, it kind of takes it's it's definitely its own thing going forward.
0: And the way your, um, the world building and not not even just that but the character development for it is amazing the character of easel i think has probably some of my favorite character development in any lit rpg just oh, from wow. how we see him as the lonely like you know minor in the boxes down or in book one at the start and how he becomes the figure he is in book three. It's night and day. To me. Um, Joel, I'll let you share your thoughts on that really quickly. Yeah. Um, one thing
1: that I really, really liked was the mining. Uh, just the premise of that. Like, they are data miners. So mm-hmm. they like mining data. But they're actually miners. Uh, yeah so that was really cool Uh, one thing that I really enjoyed with book 1 that I saw um, that was like different uh, than ready player 1 was how like versatile uh, the different abilities and spells that he gets Uh, cause like he gets a lot of spells but he's able to use those like Everywhere, pretty much. Uh, I'm not sure if, like, uh, World was, like... Uh, I think you did say there was, like, tech-only worlds. Uh, yes. That, like, yeah. they didn't work on. But, yeah. That was uh, something I really noticed. Yeah, like, it... most
2: of the worlds are kind of compatible. Uh, but then you have some that are, like, tech-only or some where it's magic only, and so, like, the tech stuff wouldn't work. Uh, But I kind of tried to make it, you know, as believable as, like... Unless the world is, like, particular, like, theme to a certain thing, then, you know, stuff will work inside and out.
1: I have a... Well, I don't know. I really connect with Easel, just because I really dislike uh well i wouldn't say dislike but i'd prefer pve games where i'm exploring like the environment doing quests and stuff and rich here loves like pvp he loves uh warzone and hey uh, hey A- whoa whoa effects. whoa I'm not saying anything bad about it. I was about to say, hold on. I'm not saying anything bad. It's a personal choice. Um, But, yeah. Anytime uh, that I'm playing a PvP game, it's because Rich has my back. Um,
0: Yeah. Overwatch. All the way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the Zenyatta to your Reaper. Okay? Like. (laughs) So. Yeah. we're going to kind of get into a little bit of spoiler territory um, for the books, but not something too in-depth like the big reveal, all that stuff. Um, so the premise of Pangea Online is we have Easel, who is, like I said, like one of just my favorite characters. So we have Easel, and then um, he's a data miner, he's mining, and then he finds this this chest. Why why don't you tell us what that chest is, Mr. Roland? Yes, so
2: uh, the idea is that there are these things called uh, developers' chests. And they're like little uh, treasures that the game developers have hidden uh, across various game worlds. Um, and nobody knows where they are, uh, and, you know, every so often, you know, someone will just randomly, uh, stumble upon one, and, like, they're different, they're different tiers of chests, like, across, all across the place, uh, and then the developer's chests are, like, the highest tier of them. They're, like, they, they contain, like, legendary item, uh, different things, and so, so finds one and it, it comes with some items but the biggest thing is that there's a little bit of gold uh, but also there is the premium world pass which allows him who at the beginning of the book he, he can only go to one world which is where the mines are and the, uh, the premium world pass allows him to travel to any world like even the ones that are like Super expensive that only the most wealthy people can travel to. Like, he now has a pass that he can go there. And, like, his world gets, you know, infinitely bigger just from that one moment.
0: So we have Easel in the mine and everything, and he is accompanied by his his best friend, good old Buzz. Oh. <sighs> I love Buzz. Like, I feel like he's he's the comedic relief but oh, also yeah. the the like main focus, like his family is the main focus of the book. Or he's kind of like the, uh, the main goal. Ron Weasley. Yeah, he's he's the Ron Weasley. Well, <laughs> so what would that make? Um, oh, I am. Oh, What is his name? Graybeard Grayson Grayson. Thank Grayson. you. Yeah. Yeah. So would that make him Hagrid? Uh, <laughs> I would kind of viewed uh
2: well, Grayson he's he's like he's like the mentor. So he's like, you know, your your Dumbledore, your uh, Gandalf.
0: With, except with a a less little tragic.
2: More, a little more hands-on mm-hmm. and a little more
1: uh a little more pirate themed. Yeah. I he love that pirate <laughs> uh.
0: So, um after Easel finds this chest and everything, he's able to go to the different worlds and Grayson also has a developer's chest yes and which that's that's kind of rare that these two like legendary chests are in the same same area hmm um so he shares the news with buzz and him and buzz go to a few different worlds because he's like oh well i have this stuff i can actually earn a little income i can pay for buzz to come with me and hang out so we don't have to either hang out in my room or his room all the time and just play because don't they play like just classic, like old school games?
2: Uh, Yes, yeah, stuff to where they don't have to actually where they can't actually interact, like basically like stuff on the web and whatnot. Uh,
0: what is the uh, the pay for the miners? Again, isn't it like for every so on, so many hours of work, it's like a copper or something like that? It's
2: ridiculously low.
0: Like it's it's not a living wage at that point. <laughs> But they do live in a place called the boxes, which is supposed to be like the rundown, like very, very low income area of the world. Yeah.
2: They They get to live there for free and they get their, uh, their basic haptic suit when they turn 18. Um, but then everything else they have to afford off of the, you know, the minuscule wages of the boxes of the mines and, it doesn't
0: go very far so so hold oh,
1: on. Joel. I have a
0: yeah i'll let you go first here.
1: the uh the bo- or the mines is that like a free world with the boxes or is that like just a free world for uh, it's,
2: it's, it's 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 like a, it's a work world for those who live in the boxes that they they go and work and like it's kind of uh based on the theory is like you know if if you have something to do even if it's like not a real job like as long as you're keeping busy then it's keeping you out of trouble so that is their job
0: that brings me into my question because i, w- I would wonder how this would kind of work so would this would the mines be like a quote unquote uh, another world for say like a correction facility or anything like that I mean, it it could be okay. I I was like, I I was playing with the wheels. I was like, "Hmm, I wonder how the law enforcement would work in this world because it's a pretty earth. And this series is a pretty. Not so pleasant place. Because there's the like the toxic um, fumes in the air, all that stuff to where they have to wear like hazmat suits pretty much to go outside. Yes. So we'll jump back into pretty much the summary of the book. Easel uh, and Buzz go to a few worlds, just hang out, all this fun stuff. And Ezel follows the streamer. Alicia, <laughs> and he's like, hmm, she's she's in this world. I guess I got to go visit that world. Yeah, as one does. Yeah, as as one does. Um, would that technically be considered stream sniping?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, call it what you want, you know, <laughs> stream stalking? stalking, you know,
0: <laughs> Yeah, well, a little stalkerish, but it's it's OK. Like, it's it's all good. He didn't want to harm her or anything. Um, so he ends up meeting up with Alicia and uh, her group. And he's only like a level one, two at this point, and they're in like a level three. 13 ish zone i think is what level she is
1: something something similar i think
0: to that. he whenever
1: he is mining he said he hits like level eight or nine like that day like that's why he was mining so long
0: Well, i mean i have this like really cool thing like right next to me i could just look it up
2: uh, i think he's <laughs> like when he finds the developer's chest he's like level i thought it was like four three or four oh uh, is it and then he hits a couple of levels in the Mordecan Mountains. Yeah, I so think it was like, four. Probably yeah. like seven or eight. So he's still pretty, pretty out-leveled.
0: I'm looking right now. Joel, I will let you continue with your thought. Uh, yeah.
1: So he meets up with Alicia and her uh, assortment of dwarves which are also really, really great characters, which... Uh, I, love, I love my dwarves. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> if I get the choice boys. to
0: play as a dwarf character, I will. I, I don't care what <laughs> game it is. If I can play as a dwarf, I'm going to. Oh, my. Uh, yeah, so they end
1: up trying to kill a monster, and uh, I don't know. Are we going into the...
0: We're pretty much Uh, going over the basic, uh, the basic premise. So they they fight a boss, et cetera. Uh, Alicia notices Easel is killing stuff he shouldn't be able to kill. And he's doing it relatively quick. Oh, it's just a strength buff that I get from working Mm -hmm. in the mines. Nope, not a thing, except it kind of is a thing because that's a something she ends up mentioning to her dad and it ends up getting yeah. patched, which I love the way that actual mechanic works is even though they're in the game world and everything, like there's still like the patches of the software, like if there's a glitch in the system, etc. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm wondering like how it would work if, say, one of the miners said, hey, I figured out a free way to get out of the mines and let's go to another world. How, how would that work?
2: I mean, I think it would work fine until, you know, someone rats them out. So like, that's easily. the whole theory about the minds. is, like, you know, they're like the outcast of society. Like, they are sit here to live, and nobody really checks in on them. So, like, anything that they discovered in that world, you know,
0: nobody's going to know about it. Unless someone spills the beans. Nobody cares. Which I... I don't know if that would be too big of a spoiler territory to go into later. Like, because I do want to talk about like some of the stuff that's said in book two, because book two has like one of my favorite moments in the real world. Yeah, I'll probably bring it up because I don't think it's <laughs> too big of a spoiler, but. I think I'd
1: like to go into book two at least a little bit.
0: Oh, we're, we're definitely going to. we're I want to touch base on the entire series and like just the development of each character. And there's one character that just doesn't have any development, which I like. I like that because he's just... He's a basic bully. All right. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, I, I figured as soon as I said, bully, you would know who I'm talking about. Um, so we have all that stuff happens. Um, they end up getting the boss killed. Alicia's like, whoa, you're too strong. How are you doing this? He's like, oh, yeah, it's just a strength buff like yeah like because we do kind of have the strength buff down in the mines not knowing her dad works for pangea online so of course that stuff gets patched and he when he figures out that happens he kind of has like a little like freak out moment but that brings us kind of into the developers tournament yeah so
1: buzz ends up telling him about it uh uh, there's this huge tournament going on. There's a, like huge prize and possibly other stuff. Um, yeah. So what sort of rewards for this tournament? Uh, Steven or Rich, you're going to take it uh, away? We'll,
0: we'll, we'll let the main man himself tell us like what the rewards are. <laughs> Uh, so, I think the
2: rewards are uh, one, it's like a hundred thousand gold to the winner. Um, and then there are also some other prizes that are like not announced yet. Uh, but then, right after Buzz tells, uh, tells Isol about this tournament, like the entry fee to get in is like more money than like, you know, they would ever earn in like a year of working in the mine. But like, right. it's just like, pipe dream for them uh but even with the money that like he finds in the developers chest like it would still cost you know pretty much most of that to just enter in the tournament so
0: but like, he, he also gets like loot from killing the the monsters and stuff he does doing the quests etc
1: which yeah. does so he like
0: does he get Fenrir before the
1: tournament starts
0: or is it no? it's during it's
1: after During the second... entered,
0: it, entered into like, it
1: before uh, the second stage
0: yeah okay cuz i was like i don't remember fenrir being a part of the first trial but i definitely remember him being there for the second
2: yeah, yeah. he's uh he's kind of a requirement for the second part that's why they go and get him once they figure out what it, the stage is
0: which when i saw when i saw the book cover i was like that looks this looks like it's kind of going into a little bit of norse mythology here because i'm a huge norse uh, mythology guy i love norse and greek mythology those are my two favorite like mythologies to like talk about or to like look into joel and i play a lot of smite and (laughs) i'm i'm either playing thanatos or i'm playing soul like there's no ifs ands, or buts about it like those are my two mains
2: yeah they have a lot of good uh but both of those mythologies have a lot of good characters to, to draw from.
0: And anytime like I see like a mythology, like inspired moment, it pulls me in a little bit more. And I think it's just because it's a topic I I like to learn about. And I just I feel like I'm fairly knowledgeable in those topics. So like when I like see a reference, I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. So seeing Fenrir in the book, I was just like, yeah, I really like this. <laughs> But I was yeah, I do have
1: a oh, I ahead, Do go. have a question there? Um so whenever he gets Fenrir, he goes to fight Tyr. Um yeah. yeah. And so I I guess I just wasn't really familiar with Tyr, but is he like I think it says he's like a god of war? Like, yeah, so he's the, yeah. he's the
2: Norse god of war. Uh, and then finrir is one of loki's children i believe or or siblings one i of, one... think it's uh time to look yeah uh, but in, in mythology uh Tyr imprisons finrir because when finrir escapes it's supposed to bring on uh ragnarok which is like the end of asgard society so i had the idea of Fenrir being locked away in the bottom of the castle with Tear guarding them. And in order to claim him as a mount, you have to defeat Tear.
1: Yeah. So he ends right. up getting a choice between Fenrir, the mount, which he needs for the tournament, or the sword that locks Fenrir away. Right. And... Uh,
0: I, I want the big wolf. Of That would be my go-to.
1: Well... The sword wasn't half bad either, but Easel, being Easel, he... Just a solid characteristic about him is he really loves, like, helping people. Uh, NPCs, like, people from the boxes, like, that's a main character... Or, like, characteristic? Characteristic. And, uh... So... Well, it was kind of a given that he was going to, uh, Finrear. but, like, whenever that fight happens, he's like, man, how many people just went for the sword instead of, like, actually, like, going for this mount? And, uh, yeah, that was just one of the moments that that really shines through, uh, his, uh, character. Yeah, like, that that sword, uh, if I remember, like, it's pretty powerful,
2: like, it would have, like... Made him way way stronger than he even already was, but like his whole thing, like if he chooses that sword, then he is essentially, you know, giving up on the tournament for for well, his. I result. mean, he Selfish. probably
1: could have bought a mount somewhere or like found it. Yeah, but like there. not the uh, not the same quality,
0: you know. Fender or best boy, like yeah. just just throwing it out there, Fender or best boy. Uh, he is the son of uh, Loki. Yeah. I so I thought, like the there's so many iterations with it. It's it's hard to remember what the actual like main one is. So after he gets finery, he does the whole tournament. Which the first the first stage is the zombie apocalypse where they have to save the little girl. Right. Yeah. Which he's like one of the first people to really help her. Right. He he's like, oh, she's in danger. I really need to get her out of here. Uh,
2: yeah, so, like, you know, that comes kind of back to his nature of, like, you know, even though he's, like, always grown up alone, you know, he he has this kind of connection to, like, you know, the the other underdogs of society. And, yeah, he notices that, like, there's more to her. Than there it than there seems.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So the fact that she's in this world, you know, obviously it means something.
0: So, we've talked a little bit about the tournament. We've talked a little bit about some of the characters. Let's let's go ahead and talk about um. Quote unquote the big bad of of the of the book. All right, Riker, or Riken, Riken.
2: Riken, yeah. yeah.
0: I always want to say Riker because I think of like Riker's Island, like a prison or something. Um, But no, it's Riken. And I'm going to (sighs) do. I got to work my way up, but go ahead and explain the character of uh, Riken.
2: So he is. uh, He's a death knight. uh, And like, he's kind of just like, you know, a spoiled, like rich kid who hasn't, he hasn't had to work for the things he's got. He's been able to buy them. And he's also a streamer and like, he's kind of known for having this like no mercy attitude. So he has quite a following of people that follow him because they like to watch him because he wins. And he doesn't, the first time he bumps into Easel, he like, doesn't really pay him any mind, like ends up getting him and Buzz killed and then, you know, just walks away.
0: I I love the way that um Justin Thomas James does his voice oh yeah and good like
2: right the voice effect
0: yeah, yeah and he's just like easel out I was I was trying to do my best impression I don't even think I could top I he what he does did it pretty good yeah like he, and he always like has to have that like you know, like he goes deeper, and then like he's like, "Ha ha ha! I'm better than you. I'm just, it's I'm a, yeah."
1: Kinda reminds me of like a Batman voice. Well, not like particularly <laughs> the sound, but the fact that he like modulates it yeah. to be like, "Oh, I'm, I'm a bad badass." <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> so don't hate me for this because of this comparison. Um, the way I. Uh, the way his character developed i just pictured it as jafar from the 2019 live action aladdin he's he's just a spoiled brat like he he has no power whatsoever he's just like yeah i want i want this i want this yeah. i'm gonna nice. throw a fit that yeah. because this is happening he he cheated no no he cheated nah he just beat what's you, your
1: superpower i'm rich <laughs> <laughs>
0: His superpowers getting disowned. hey <laughs> Uh So we go through the whole tournament. Um, and it's, you know, classic underdog story with a few twists here and there. But obviously. Oh, we didn't talk about why he's in the tournament because he was originally not going to enter the tournament. He right. enters the tournament for Buzz's mom. Because Buzz's mom is really ill, and to get the surgery and everything, like it's, it's way too expensive. Uh, the medication she's on currently, like, isn't working. All that stuff, and it just really, it kind of like puts a mood on how poorly the boxes are, like off right. compared to the rest of the world. Because I don't even. Would you consider? or say there's even a, like a, there's the low class and then there's the high class. There's like no mid middle class at all. It feels like,
2: uh, I mean, I guess there's a little bit of the middle class, which you see when he like moves to civic city, mm-hmm. uh, cause they can kind of walk around on the streets, but they still have to have the, the, uh, mask and, and whatnot. Uh, it's just not all that different than society right now, but, uh, so, like, the the boxes is, like,
0: below the low. Okay. So, we go through all this. Easel ends up, you know, champion, all that stuff, which he wouldn't have gotten there without the help of, like, his team. Because we have yeah. Alicia, we have, like, everyone.
1: Brace and Buzz. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. But like his team within the tournament itself, that really kind of shows how well, like the people he has in his life and the connections he make actually care about him and realize how genuine of a person he really is. That's that's one thing I really I that's I just love the way that the the whole character development and the relationships that easel has with these people really strides and shows and it's something that it's i don't want to say it's rare to see but you don't see it as often as you would think when it comes yeah, i definitely think it's is rare like
2: uh he is a like like a genuine like good person and like i've only known like a handful of people that are like really like no matter the situation, like they will help out the other person before they think of themselves. And I think like he is like kind of what I would aspire to be. And I guess is how how he came
0: about. I, I, I really feel that because I mean, like as I was listening to the series, um, I was kind of dealing with a lot of personal stuff and like I just sat back and I was like, damn, This dude has it really rough, but he's (laughs) going out of his way to make sure that other people's lives are, you know, better. Like, he doesn't have to be doing this whole tournament, but he's doing it because he cares. He really does. And then the whole like big reveal and it's like, oh, well, that kind of makes sense. He had it rough, but like it just shows that his luck starts to turn around as well, like towards the end. And then we'll we'll dive into book two. Um, he's now an employee at Pangea, online uh, develop uh, development. He is dating Alicia. Which yes. is such a, an adorable relationship. I love it. Any scene that him and her were in, I was just like, oh, this is so cute. <laughs> it was just it was a fun time. Like I was just like, you know, I was like, I want this. I, I want this kind of relationship like they have their issues and it shows like because if like neither one of them really feel like they've had a relationship. I mean, well, with him being in the boxes and her being the daughter of a big, you know, pretty much millionaire, it kind of shows like she's like, I'm going to focus on gaming. He's like, I got to focus on living, but I would like to game. It just feels like an actual real relationship instead of like something that's forced.
2: Yeah, they they come from de- very different worlds, but like they have enough in common to make it work.
0: I, I just feel like it's a reverse Little Mermaid, like where she's Prince Eric and he's Ariel and he just wants to be a part of her world. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just had uh, I just came up with that on this spot. I was yeah. like, OK. Should I say this?
1: All right. So I think we should probably step away from the emotional aspect of. Hold on. I want to talk about an second. emotional
0: aspect real quick, because okay. it is That's with Easel's character development. The scene where he's having dinner with her parents and he meets them for the first time and he like brings up like the way the conditions are in the boxes and everything and how he wants to do something to help and Her dad's just like, yeah, no, 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 we can't do that. And he kind of just like goes off the wall a little bit. It's like he sees how these people live. And there's the part where her mom mentions, oh, I just cook to, you know, cook. Like, that's my hobby. And then I just throw out the meal. Yeah. It's. (laughs) He's like, what? (laughs) 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 That like. No. How, how can you be doing that when there are people that don't even get to eat twice a day? There right. are people starving in the boxes. Yeah. <laughs> you eat that food. Um, it just yeah. it, it adds a lot to his character because it shows like it adds another level of how much he cares and how much he wants to help people and of course that kind of comes around like later later read the series guys it's really good (laughs) but it so we're in book two now we'll kind of not touch a lot on a lot of the stuff but the premise of book two is there's no tournament easel's a beta tester now or alpha alpha tester
2: He's the the original. Yeah, the original. So
0: alpha tester. He's the prototype of full immersion deep dive. And I want to do this. (laughs) The more lit RPGs I read, I want to do a full deep dive full immersion or just transport me to another world. I'd be okay with that. uh, Give me a magic mm -hmm. system where I can respawn. I will have a blast with that. Yeah, because I I, I, want to throw fireballs. (laughs)
1: and that is sort of a reason why like book two is definitely probably my favorite out of the the trilogy just because we have the broken lands which is the name of the uh full immersion world and one just going into that world he's like oh you get stats for general skills or like increases for general skills like uh you're better at sneaking you're like better at like yeah and uh like dodging i love that i love that aspect of lit rpg like whenever i see that in a book i'm just like boom i love it and uh yeah i kind of feel like we did uh well it steps away from the broken lands for like book three and i kind of wish there was a little more of uh the broken Lands. Uh, yeah, I get. What I give are your thoughts on on
2: that? Uh so when I originally uh, wrote book 2 um I didn't know when this uh story would end. I figured it, would, you know, it would be ongoing and it would I would put out, you know, a lot of books in it. Uh but after I wrote book 2, I kind of I got I got sidetracked uh, with a couple of other series and then you know next thing I knew three years had passed and I was like you know I really should wrap this up you know for all the people who read the first two books and just to at least give this first arc a conclusion if I want to ever go back to it at some other point I can uh, but you know I want to tie it off for now uh, and so I tr- I decided like you know how how could I in the the plot points I had started in book two, tie it up with, you know, the premise that I had set in book one and make it all flow together. And so uh, you know, I did my best to do that. I feel oh, yeah. like I
1: No, it you did like a really like great job at that. Like the freak out tying moment. the plot points from book two into like book one and uh yeah, tying everything up really well. Uh, but I, th- I think there's, you know, with
2: the way that book three ended, there's the possibility to go back in and tell more of that story from book two. And also tell more stories in the vein of book two in different worlds.
1: Even w- if it was just like a spin off of like once. Like the broken Lands is released, like it's like a different character or something. Yeah. Like, that would well, be, cool I do, too I do have the
2: idea for the Pangea Online Chronicles, which tells different stories from different characters in four okay, really, Is that the?
0: Really cool. I'm gonna kind of release a spoiler here. Um, but the end of book three in the audio, uh, book, there's the graybeard or uh, Grayson. Grayson, I, I don't yeah. know why I keep saying graybeard. <laughs> I've been playing too much Skyrim again. uh the grayson story where he finds the like developer's chest and everything would that be like a part of the chronicles or because i remember you posting something about that in the in your secret society page
2: uh yeah so that was like a little uh secret or like kind of like a uh a short story of grayson's beginnings of like how he came to be who he is uh but i feel like Uh, Yeah, I could I could tell so many stories set in either, you know, previous iterations of Pangea or, you know, the current full immersion world uh, and just like each have them be their own thing.
0: Okay. I I, I really like that. Um, Mm -hmm. So the full immersion of the Broken Lands really does add a whole new level to the world of Pangea with the way the NPCs re- interact with you because they don't feel like just static like NPCs like quote unquote a merchant in Skyrim or something they're like mm-hmm. oh what are you buying what are you selling that wasn't Skyrim that was Resident Evil 4 I don't oh. know why I went there um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so they actually have full personalities and depending on what easel does will defer how the the characters will actually interact as well and in most games when an npc dies like they're they're not truly dead they'll respawn after a certain amount of time right in the broken lands though once they're dead they're they're dead right i feel like that adds a whole new level of risk because you always have like that. Oh, I'm gonna respawn if I die, etc. In the broken lanes, it didn't feel like that. It felt like you know, death is death. Like it's it's a permadeath. Like they're gone.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of that ties into Ezel's character as well. It like he gets super attached to. Uh, like the characters in the broken lands. And he's like, well, one, it's super realistic to him just because of the world, like full immersion, but also just his personality just compounds that issue of like, I need to save that person. Like, uh,
0: like I need to help them. He just, he definitely has that real connection with people, especially, and it's not just people. Uh, like his uh, companion, he gets in book to the uh, the owl. Actually,
1: he, he gets that in book one.
0: Does he get yeah. the owl in book one? Yeah, book one. Yeah, because he like ends up. I didn't do my homework. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I thought it, I thought he showed up in book two for some reason. I don't I don't know why. Every when you sit down and listen to a series from start to finish, like everything kind of blends together. <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh. I I don't know what's worse, though, like, it's just like because there's a lot of emotional moments in the in the series and definitely like got me that heartwarming like, oh, God, this hurts, I'm going to cry, which I Mm -hmm. did cry. I told you about that. (laughs) Joel, as soon as I finished book three, I was like, well, that ending got me. Yeah, I, I, I cried. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, at, I'm here at work and I'm bawling my eyes out right now. <laughs> Which only a few books have actually gotten me to the point where I've broken down while I'm at work. And I am just like, oh. oh I'll Proud. take that as a job well done. It, 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 it was very, very well done. And it definitely. I mean, we've we've said it enough time. It just shows what kind of person Easel is. And his relationship he has with Dean in book three. Well done. Just absolutely well done. A fantastic job because. You killed it. You really did. You definitely added that whole. I don't want to say little brother like. Dynamic. But I feel like. Batman Jason Todd yeah Uh, that's 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 the best way to describe it because I feel like Dean is has a a little bit of Jason Todd in him to where he's like "Ah, I don't like you like what what makes you better than us he's definitely like more riskier than
1: easel I feel like like he's more more hot headed he's
2: like what you would have imagined easel to be coming from his background Mm
0: -hmm. I get that yeah and the fact that like uh, Grayson takes like the risk on him when they're in the bar and he's like, I I see something in this kid and I know you do, too. So like maybe you should mentor him, mentor him yeah. for the this tournament is like, nah, I really don't want to. Reichen comes up. He's like, yep, I'm mentoring him. Let's go, <laughs> uh, which yeah, I, I don't I, think. That was a big uh, uh, twist for me. I, I wasn't expecting to see Ryken again.
2: Yeah. So like I, I really wanted to pull some of the thematic elements from book one to book three to make it feel like a complete story. Um, but I don't I don't think that I could have. If I had jumped straight into writing book three after I had uh, wrote book two,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I could not have told the story that I told after waiting so many years. 'Cause like I've learned a lot writing my other stories, uh and like how to do those relationships and how to, you know, bring things full circle that really helped like pull this to a conclusion. Okay. I
0: I definitely see um like how your writing style has evolved since book one, like because I did like I said, I did start with uh Sentence to Troll read the first two books. I need to finish book three. I need to go back and finish it, but I'm I'm going to wait for four because I'm going to read the entire series so I have everything ready. <laughs> um, and then I went back to Pangea, read the first two books, and even like the gap between Pangea one and two, there's definitely like. It felt like a different style almost. Yeah, but it, it's overall amazing work. Like you did a fantastic job. You created a world that I actually could envision and could care about. You made me care about the characters that were meant to be cared about. Even some of the side ones that like just didn't have too big of parts in some of the other books. Like it just came full circled where I was like, I like them. I really like them. And then Bryke and I was just like, yeah, I hate you. Like, Why? (laughs) Like, I Um, want to see Riken in the Sentence to Troll books. Like, that's that's where I want to see him. I feel like he does. He belongs in that world.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He can definitely uh, he can definitely play a part in there.
0: So we'll uh, we'll start to wrap things up really quickly. Joel, do you have any questions for uh, Stephen? I guess
1: mainly like inspiration as far as the tournaments go like yeah like where you got like inspiration from that like those challenges and stuff Uh, so uh I, guess, I mainly I probably... in like book three but like book two or book one i mean uh, uh as well i pulled from a lot of
2: one of one of my like favorite tournaments in in books as you know Harry Potter and the the Goblet of Fire. Uh, so I think like definitely the maze part of book one drew a little bit from that. Um, I also I love Mario Kart, so you can tell like from the races and whatnot in, yeah. in both the books, like I kind of
0: see you know, <laughs> I'm glad you said Mario Kart, because when you said a race, like my instant like go to was Death Race with Jason Statham back in 2007. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't but know I like, why. What, Anytime there's like a if, race or anything, I that's my go to.
2: What if what if Mario Kart was done by people on mounts from all these other various video games? And so like that was kind of the. The idea that I had with that. Uh, yeah, I think that then, turned out
1: really cool.
0: And uh, you you can ask Joel. Uh anytime like we have a game where it's got like cosmetic mounts or anything, I'm like, well, time to go start collecting these. Uh, nice. We used to run oh, there's raids. a dragon
1: in the auction. Uh, <sighs> I... Do,
0: do I buy this? Like, do I spend like a couple thousand gold? Uh... And I, I knew
2: that I wanted to have a like a battle royale finale. That oh was fantastic,
0: and the um the element combination too, where if you. Through like air and then through lightning, you can make like a lightning tornado and stuff like yeah. that. Love it! I absolutely it's, loved it. It's spell break, right? A Did little bit. bit. A little, oh, okay, yeah. I, I break, definitely
1: like, saw the inf- like a inspiration apex, from like, that.
2: I took I took my I made my own combinations and and things and like you know created some some new stuff. Uh, but like I liked the way that that they came up with like how. How things can combine and kind of, you know, do my own thing with it. It was yeah. so good.
0: That was that I couldn't have asked for a better finale, like for a final trial. And
1: like I uh, mentioned this earlier that like Rich was the PvP guy and he's always trying to talk me into playing battle royales. I got him into and, Spellbreak. <laughs> yeah, I don't really care for like FPS games, but Spellbreak was one that me and Rich had like a lot of fun with. And reading this book, like, brought back like so many uh, memories. Just like that general vibe of yeah. that I got when playing Spellbreak, I I got from this book as well. And, uh,
0: Joel, yeah, I guess we got a book. We got, a book. we got to boot up Spellbreak after this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get a few rounds in. Oh
2: uh, uh, gosh. Yeah, I played but, it yeah. when it first came out.
0: Uh, Joel and I—that was definitely a, a grind. Him and I. Um, did when it like I I try to play like almost all the um like the multiplayer games just to like test them out, see if I like them mm-hmm. uh, because I do stream and when I stream, I try to like have a game where I can interact with my somewhat small of a community, but also like have a good time. Mm-hmm. Multiplayer games, I just do not have a good time yet. I still do it because <laughs> it's like it's just my go to. It's like, why do I want to put myself through this torture? Eh, we'll find out. So. Oh, yeah. um, I think that wraps up book. Pangaea for Pangaea. Yeah. And we've talked a little bit about uh, sentence to troll. But there's one series or one book we didn't talk about. And that was Path to Villainy. Do you want to you want to give us a little summary on that one? Because, wow, it <laughs> was good. Uh,
2: yeah. So. Basically, I wanted to tell a story from an NPC's point of view. Uh, An NPC that becomes self-aware. And so we have this innocent, uh, scald uh, kobold, who's like a barbarian, bard, hybrid. Uh, And basically... You know, since his existence, kobolds have kind of been, you know, like the playthings of the heroes. You know, they get beat around, you know, they're the the victims of all their spell testing and experiments. And one day he comes across a hero that is, you know, going to do some not nice things to him. And once this happens, all of his memories of, all the bad things that have ever happened to him come flooding back all at once. And the only thing that he can think about is revenge.
0: It's <laughs> so good. And it's, it's a really short listen to, uh, I think audiobook wise, it was like five hours. Um, uh, yeah. It's a novella. So I think
2: it's like, you know, 44, 45,000 words, like half, half the length of a normal
0: novel for me. It's, it's really good. Like, and when I saw how short it was originally, I was like, huh, I don't know how I feel about that because I like to stick to like, you know, if it's above seven and a half hours uh, in audio format, uh, but I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And I was like mm, that time. I don't know how I feel about it, but I really like the author. So let's go ahead and buy this. <laughs> and originally, that's the, the book I was wanting to get autographed f- instead of uh, Pangea to start off with that was the original one and you're like well it's not out yet but if you want to wait a few months and i was like no i'll give the other series a try i want to see what that (laughs) one is and i got it and i was like yep i'm buying the audiobooks and i think i joel i was on the phone with you that night and i was like well i guess i'm buying these real quick and then i powered through them so quickly
2: yeah that one was a it was a fun project uh and like when i set out to write it you know i wanted it to be a shorter story so like that was i always had that kind of length in mind uh but like a lot of people want a book two, so I'll, i may get to that at some point or i may do an expanded edition of book one where i fill in the gaps between the last chapter and the epilogue uh, haven't haven't quite decided how i want to do that yet but it
0: I, I would That's pay for both point. of those things. Just, just <laughs> saying. I, I take my money, please. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that kind of wraps up today's show. So, before we do the whole like, what's coming up for the week and everything, we're gonna do plugs. Joel, what you
1: plugging? I am plugging the same thing I always plug. Uh. Look me up on Twitch or Twitter at Sir Valor Hunter, and say hi. <laughs> I talk lit RPG. I play video games. I also do some game design. Uh, and I guess uh, like digital arts as well.
0: All right, Rich. I'll I'll go last. Uh, Steven, where can people find you?
2: Uh, so you can find me. Uh, well, you can find my Facebook group, uh, it's SL Roland's Secret Society. Uh, you can also find me on uh, Patreon at uh, patreon.com/slroland, and uh, that's where I post advanced chapters of, of books that I'm writing. I think *Sinister Troll* four is up to chapter nine on there. Um, I also post advanced artwork, cover reveals. Uh, sometimes exclusive short stories things like that
0: which you're doing uh the cover reworks for uh pangea at the moment right uh yeah Pangea, and then
2: soon after Sinister troll oh i can't wait to see those sentence to troll ones
0: but yeah. i can't wait to see the rest of pangea either I, i'm pretty sure my group chat is just like tired of me sharing like this stuff because yeah, i've got
2: some sketch covers in and they're looking they're looking nice
0: oh they're gonna hate me but it's okay <laughs> <laughs> i just i won't shut up about what rpg that's that's kind of like my thing i I think i did a post on uh, twitter yesterday or the day before i was like i know you guys are probably tired of hearing this but damn i love what rpg
2: yeah something for everyone
0: oh yeah all right so you can find me over at twitter and twitch at richdolphus you can also uh, find me here on the penultimate conquest channel where i will be on several different shows but you can mainly find me here on stats on stats, which our next episode will be on the 23rd where Joel and I will be discussing the world tree on wine series. Oh, before we go, Joel, what's your recommendation for the, for the two weeks?
1: My recommendation. Oh crap.
0: Um <laughs> all right, we'll come back to you. Uh yeah, Steven, to you. If uh someone was to say get into uh your books, where would you say they should start? Should they start with Sentence to Troll? Should they start with Pangea?
2: Um uh, I would say, you know, start with Pangea Online. It's a completed series. Uh you know, you'll you'll get to see my writing evolve over the course of it. Uh but yeah, it's definitely it's a fun one. Okay.
0: And I I can attest to that that it is a just a really good series, a lot of heartfelt moments, a lot of action, and just a lot of what moments. So definitely uh, can't agree. But we like to do this uh, recommendation thing because it kind of it gives people options to say like, oh, if this series isn't for you, well, hopefully you know this one. Just because that's what the lit RPG genre is. You have said it yourself. It's something for everyone. I feel like. Because I have I've opened a lot of um, people up to the lit RPG genre because they're like, what is it? And I was like, well, here, let me show you. And then I'll like pull up Kindle on my phone and be like, so you see these stats like that shows up every time character levels up, get a new prompt, etc. So, Joel, what's your recommendation, buddy?
1: My recommendation is Aaron Oster's uh, Rise to Omniscience book series is it that the is, super mage? Yes, it okay. is this is the first book is called Super Mage and it is a heck of a ride. Like if you want a character that goes from like almost nothing to like god mode, it's it's great. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Read it. It's it's amazing. <laughs> see i thought you were gonna say world tree since that's what our topic is next week that too because that's what i did last Be That too, for, or not next week but on the 23rd but because last time i did uh Pangea as my recommendation because i was like read it read it i'm just gonna say keep reading it uh but if you don't want to take my recommendation for that uh definitely check out dungeon crawler carl i uh i finished book two this morning Book three is supposed to be out any day now, and I'm just, or on Audible. Book four is out on Kindle, but I like to listen while I work. It helps with the days and everything, and it just, it's a whole new thing. Sound booth audio definitely takes it to a next level. But yeah, Dungeon Crawler Carl. It's funny. It has an AI that is a complete and total uh, over-the-top jerk. I try to keep PG, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's really good. I definitely recommend it. But that wraps up the show. I hope everyone has a wonderful night and be sure to tune in tomorrow for the Marvel Mondays initiative, where I believe it's Eric Ruben, and Christian talking the first Iron Man movie. And they're going to start a whole new series on the reviews of phase one. I think they're going to go through the whole thing, but it's going to be a great show, all talented people. But This has been Stats on Stats, episode four. Please tune in next, or not, I keep saying next week. Please tune in on two weeks from today, on the 23rd of May, where we'll be having our next episode. Have a wonderful week.